right, we're back. We're excited to break down the number seven team on the Brick House NBA preview. Number seven or sixth place in the West, Memphis Grizzlies. I'm your host, Bob Johnson. And I'm Matt Baker, and I am excited. Man, you know, we I think I've said it before, but we broke down 30 NBA teams. I don't know why we even did the first 20 22 because it's really only the top eight that have any chance of winning and that we're most excited to talk about well did we sign a contract stating we had to do all 30 teams yeah but we wrote that contract oh yeah that's weird (laughs) okay but you know uh being an nba comedy podcast the first 22 teams there's a lot to poke fun at and we'll still find shit to make fun of in the top 10 even on on the best teams in the nba sure uh, let's let's just get right started then, because and tell you what the Grizzlies remind me of. The Grizzlies, they're tough, right? They they remind me of Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis movies, Bruce Willis characters that he plays, right? Yeah. You know, it would be nice to be recognized for being like a a great actor, maybe by an Oscar, some yeah. sort of prize like that. Um, but I don't think that's happening for Bruce Willis, and it hasn't happened so far for the Memphis Grizzlies either. But despite that, it seems like they're both happy to, in the meantime, just kick people's asses, mm-hmm. get chicks, and eat barbecue, you know, like yep. some manly shit. I think Zach Randolph, you know, could really embrace this sort of character. He's certainly embraced the city of Memphis. Tony Allen. Tony Allen is like Bruce Willis attitude personified. You know, his effort on defense is the equivalent of walking across broken glass with your bare feet, you know. To, uh, to save your, your ex-wife and the hostages. Marcus All, even though he looks like he would probably be on the Russian side in Die Hard, you know, with that beard, let's say he's, he's actually more like a Bruce Willis character as well. A Russian Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think the Grizzlies want a championship, you know, probably more than, than Bruce Willis wants an Oscar. Sure. But there's a lot of powers working against them. As, you know, we, we like NBA conspiracies. The Memphis Grizzlies, probably not going to get as much ratings as, you know, the Clippers, the Warriors, or even the Spurs. Right. And if there is any conspiracies in the league, then that could be one variable, you know, that keeps the Grizzlies um, from giving that acceptance speech for their role in the Sixth Sense or what, whatever it is. <laughs> Let's just say yippee-ki-yay. Yeah. Move on to the next segment. All eh? right. Previously on the Memphis Grizzlies. Fun fact that I didn't realize while researching this team just now. It took the Grizzlies 16 years to win a playoff game. Wow. They didn't make... Starting in Vancouver. Right. So they didn't make the playoffs at all in Vancouver. And then their third year in Memphis, they finally made the playoffs. And they made the playoffs three straight years and got swept three straight years. Right. Pau Gasol never won a playoff game, I think. Right. Until he came to the Lakers. Yeah. But what I remember about those Grizzlies teams, even though they're getting swept, they were still kind of intimidating because they had Pow and they had Mike Miller and they had some, they had a little edge to them a bit because he had Hubie Brown, Mike Fratello. They played the Suns. Uh, like a last Boy Scout edge? Sure. <laughs> they, they played the Suns the first year of the Nash team in the first round. And I remember... I don't think I was nervous, but I just remember, oh, the Grizzlies could maybe muck it up a little bit. Yeah, they didn't. So it took them 16 seasons, and then they finally win a playoff series against the Spurs in 2011. Right. 
and they've been in the playoffs ever since, five straight years, and they do all right. Even they've gone out in the first round twice in those five years, but they've been seven-game series. And they beat the Spurs in an eighth seed. The Grizzlies were an eighth seed. The Spurs, I believe, were defending champions with a number one seed. The year before, the champs were uh, the Lakers. Oh, okay. But either way, an eight right. seed beating a one seed oh, has yeah. only happened three times, I think, maybe four times in NBA history. Like I said in the uh, in the joking Bruce Willis comparison, they're right on the precipice of greatness. They're yeah. so close each and every year and just haven't done it yet. Last year, they were in the toughest division in all of sports, mm-hmm. the Southwest Division, where all five teams made the playoffs. And there's only eight spots in the Western Conference. There are so many humps in the West that you... Yeah. To get over them all. Sixth sixth place in the West would be good for second place in the East, yep. according to our, our predictions and our rankings. Let's talk about the owner. The owner's pretty cool. He's, uh, he's only a couple years older than us, Matt. Makes me feel great. <laughs> His name is Robert J. Para, and when I was looking him up, the first thing I told Matt this morning was, the dude, he can dunk. Yeah. You know, I bet uh, Mikhail Prokhorov can dunk, but he's six foot eight. This guy is six foot three. Prokhorov doesn't have time for dunking. He's too busy, like, <laughs> water skiing with dolphins and <laughs> dolphins attached to his feet and, oh, yeah, all that weird stuff. <laughs> Yeah, at the age of 36, Pera was on Forbes' list for the 10 youngest billionaires in the world. Let me tell you briefly how he made his dough. It's not an equity fund. I <laughs> I totally expected for it to be that. Yeah, so he's a, he's a Silicon Valley guy. He's actually born in the Silicon Valley area. He always admired Steve Jobs, and so coming out of college, he got a job at Apple, and uh, his, his department, or what he was put in charge of is working on the Wi-Fi devices to make sure they were they complied with the Federal Communications Commission, okay? And so while he's working at Apple, he discovers that they don't even get near the limit of uh, the power sources that they could use to throw signals. They're far below the limit that the FCC has. So he was suggesting, you know, they boost their power to make the Wi-Fi single signal have a much further range right so you basically max out the legal amount of what we can do yeah of power for the transmission signal right i guess this was kind of fell on deaf ears at apple they uh they weren't giving him much so he went and spent his nights and weekends working on a prototype well he was only 27 at the time so you could imagine that jobs and all those other guys probably if a 27-year-old kid comes up to tell Steve Jobs something, he's going to be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're cute. Yeah. Anyways, so what he did was he left Apple after just a couple of years and founded a company called Ubiquity, mm-hmm. uh, Ubiquity Networks. In 2011, his, he took the company public. The IPO made him a billionaire, but he only started with $30,000 investment of his personal savings and credit card debt. And anyways, he made Wi-Fi technology that could deliver Wi-Fi on a 36-mile radius. Uh, In June 2015, just this past summer, uh, Ubiquiti broke the record for Wi-Fi distance 
uh, sending a broadband signal 140 miles from L.A. to Vegas. I don't really even understand how this works. Yeah. You know, yeah, our I... Wi-Fi signal, you know, is shoddy in the garage. Maybe we need to buy one of Robert Perez's uh, transmitters. Yeah, you're definitely saying all this, and I, I hear the words you're saying. <laughs> as a, They don't make sense to me, but I understand the words. But, yeah, let's get back to the basketball. Uh, in 2011... He bought the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, actually, he is a 25% owner hmm. of the Memphis Grizzlies. It's a big group of people. Timberlake's one, right? That bought the team. Justin Timberlake He's owns the... 2.84%. Whoa, that's more percent than I thought. I was going to give him, I, I was going to say he owns the uh, celebrity less than 1%. It's exactly twice as much as Anthony Hardaway owns, uh, who owns 1.42%. Anthony Hardaway is. A Memphis legend. Yeah. They love that guy there. Uh, yeah, Robert Perez. So he, for $45 million, had a 25% stake. This is all interesting. And those are the only celebrities that I know anyways of the, it looks like 20 different groups or people Solid. that are involved in this. But here's an interesting thing I found in uh, in researching this. So they paid, what was reported was that the Grizzlies sold for $377 million, right? Mm -hmm. I found this list of all of the investors and the the article acknowledged that okay so we just broke down what everyone invested and it doesn't add up to the reported 377 million why you ask this is why is because the published price of a franchise when it is sold is includes assumed debt and other obligations so what they what these guys actually forked over for the $377 million was only $209 million because they assumed $168.4 million worth of debt that the Grizzlies had. Huh. So this is interesting. You know, you wonder, even billionaires, to come up with so much cash, uh, I always found, like, how do, they, how do they do this? You know, like, people's net worth are often so tied to stock holdings you know, assets, right. equity, investments that they've made. You know, most people, when they say they have a billion dollars, that's not what they have in their bank account. Let's get on with it. Oh, yeah, one last thing about Robert Perra last year. He had a, uh, a good PR move. He challenged Tony Allen on social media to a game of one-on-one. -on -one Amazing. And said, you know, that uh, for every point Allen scored, he would donate to his, to his charity of choice. That's fun. Yeah. I think Tony Allen is just like said, that's like, that's found money, boss. <laughs> but let's talk about who plays for the team. And now the starting lineup for your Memphis Grizzlies. Point guard. And I think he's, over the past few years, Mike Conley has really become one of the better point guards in the league. I think you could argue that he is one of the best veterans, if not the best NBA veteran who has not been voted to an all-star team. Yeah, he he came out, I think initially, because he was on the same team as Greg Oden at Ohio State. In fact, same high school, high school too. They didn't lose a home game. I don't think the two of them lost a home game together. Ever. In high school? Or and in college, the one year at Ohio State they didn't oh, lose a home right. game. It's only in the tournament. And I think the downfall of Greg Oden is that he wasn't able to play in the NBA with Mike Conley. That's just a random aside. I don't think that they makes any sense. Should have forced their way onto the same team. They like should have. Markeith 
Marcus Morris brothers. Hey, Mike Conley's dad is was both their agents, so I think and he was their sure. high school coach too. Yeah, he? and he was an Olympian. So, but Conley, I think, benefited playing with Odin to the point where it took him a few years post Odin to really become himself. He started out kind of slow in the NBA, and now, which makes sense, he he came out after his freshman year. So you, you got to at least give the kid a three-year, okay, this is when I finally would have graduated from college and can start my NBA career buffer. Especially with point guards. I yeah. Think. So now he's 26, 27. This is about the time that you would think he would flourish. It even happened with Steve Nash. Like he, Nash, granted, came out after his senior year at Santa Clara, but it took him a few years to finally become Steve Nash. Yeah. You got to learn You got to learn the system. You got to catch up to the speed that everybody else is playing. Right. No so, matter how good you were in high school or college. The real strength of the team is down low with Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol. Zach Randolph, I love Zach Randolph. He's one of my favorite. Yeah. He's one of my favorite non-Suns players in the league. Yeah. He, because... Half inch vertical yet one of the toughest rebounders and low post scorers in the league. He I was I was listening to the Dan Patrick show and they had him interviewed they were interviewing him and Dan Patrick said, Will you dunk for me tomorrow? The reason he said that is because Zach Randolph never dunks. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> he has he had one Did of he the, dunk? He got close and laid it in. It that's <laughs> They, because they, I, I listened the next day too, and uh, it's weird. He just doesn't dunk. Maybe he can't. Yeah, it's crazy. But he, Zach Randolph, to me, is the model of a double double guy. He, what he's not the model of is what power forwards have become in today's league, which yeah. is what makes the Grizzlies so fast. Like a stretch four, you mean? Yeah. A stre- like he, he doesn't doesn't shoot outside. He averaged point three three point attempts a game last year. Yeah, and he's got a decent 15-foot jump shot, mm-hmm. but I just mean Mark Gasol and Zach Randolph are running like a 90s high-low game. And they don't get in the midway of each other. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, most teams are spreading the floor, you know, so you have four guys around the perimeter. These guys have a cool offense where they're not, you know, just copying the other 25 teams yeah. in the NBA who are all doing the same thing. They got their own style, which makes them, you know, a dark horse contender. Yeah, that's to why. Win every that's year. why teams are slightly scared of them, is because the reason some people thought the Grizzlies could take out the Warriors is because of that reason. Now, the Warriors proved to be a much more physical team for people who hadn't watched them all year. The Warrior, I mean, the Warriors were really physical. They were the best, best running gun slash physical team that there has been probably in the past decade. The combo of both. They were a good team. Yeah. So that that's why they were able to take out the Grizzlies because they could match the Grizzlies down low. What they didn't have for a while was much shooting at all. And Mike Conley's really improved as a three-point shooter. Yeah. And I think Courtney Lee is a solid starting shooting guard. You know, right. it's a position that's not super deep in the NBA, but Courtney Lee has got a, a, a reliable stroke at this point. Well, they and they were also helped with getting Jeff Green from Boston. Conley, Lee, Green, Randolph, and... Gasol, just saying that starting five, I'll be honest, doesn't strike fear in my heart. Just well, that's because it's the same starting five that they've had for a while now. Well, Green came out last year, but I know it's Green's made, new. But, right, yeah. but you're talking about in general. It They fit into what the Grizzlies are trying to do. Still, I have them on the outside looking in with sixth in the West. I think these guys can win. Um, you know, We had Bjorn on, and he said at some point in the season every year, when the odds are right, he'll put a bet on the Grizzlies to win the championship because if these guys all just have 
a stellar run. If yeah. They're all playing to their full potential. Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph. I think they're mostly underrated guys. Yeah. But if they're playing as well as they can play, you know, I'd put them up against the best position and you know the best players at their position in the league you I may mean, not Marcus all was first team all nba I you mean, may he's... not want him at 10 to 1 but you'll take him at 25 to 1 or 20 to 1 yeah i think bjorn got him for like 50 to 1 last yeah time. because at some point they just are the forgotten about team well let's get into how many games we think they're gonna win then record prediction if they if they stay healthy this year last year they were 55 and 27 you know, the year that Lionel Hollins got fired, I believe they won 56, 56. Games, which was their franchise high, franchise record. Absolutely. I've got him right at 56 uh, this year, tied with our prediction for the Chicago Bulls. And as I said, just giving them the, the slight edge because I think if the Bulls and the Grizzlies were in the finals and I had to bet on it, I would bet on the Grizzlies. Yeah, I I'm going to go... 53 not because not because i think they're any less talented than last year i just think that with a lot of moving parts in the western conference you could end up with less wins just because yeah they're playing the spurs the yeah. rockets the mavericks and the pelicans four times four each. times each so it really it's it's just because of how things fall not because of any less talent cool yeah okay you got them at 53 i got them at 56 uh, we will follow this as we go. Let's let's talk about the king. What the fuck has anything got to do with LeBron James? So LBJ was in the news that he is not re-signing his contract with McDonald's. Oh yeah, I didn't see this. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, he's he's uh, criticized a little bit on the internet for, like most professional athletes, endorsing some food and some drinks that are pretty terrible for people. Yeah, you know? and they taste uh, great. He's really influential over kids, but he, uh, you know, he's been a spokesperson for Sprite, McDonald's, and Powerade, Gatorade, one of the two, uh-huh. uh, you know, glorified sugar waters. But he's not resigning with McDonald's. I don't think it was a moral decision as much as he is making these jay-z businessman type deals so he is signing with blaze pizza ah. doing an equity deal so he's switching he's not getting out of the food market he's just switching yeah he's doing like he did with bose headphones and getting an equity stake in the company he actually um, bought a couple of franchises of Blaze Pizza, mm-hmm. which is, if people don't know, I didn't know, it's a make-your-own pizza It's Chipotle place. for pizza, yeah. essentially. The, and I, the, I like those places. They I were really comparing do. them to a, a few other places, most of which I hadn't heard of except for Pizza Rev. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went there with uh, with you and Kevin one time. But anyways, the, I guess this business, business model has been growing 400 to 450% just over the past year. They plan on opening a new restaurant every four days uh, this coming year. And LeBron James, he's, uh, he's investing now, 10% now. You know, just a few years from now, I bet we're going to hear he's selling out for another, you know, crazy eight-figure deal for yeah. his, Although the, his percentage. The problem some of those places run into is they over-franchise to the point where it just... If you get if you grow too quickly, 
you might yeah. you might not be able to keep up with the growth. Sure, but just just being a uh, an owner of the stock because LeBron has such such pull, you know, so many Twitter followers, such an influential spokesperson. Between him getting the stock and them announcing the stock, as soon as that's announced, LeBron is your new equity partner. Right. I'm sure the value of that stock went up probably a hundred percent. Absolutely. Just on that. But uh, enough about the king. Let's talk about Matt, the actual king. <laughs> And now it's time for a personal anecdote with Matt Baker. King of the pod. Matt, uh, with the Grizzlies, I think they're maybe at this point properly rated, but for many years an overlooked, underrated team. Yeah. An underrated uh, person, place, movie, book, athlete, actor, musician. Someone that you, uh, you know, you got your moment here to to tell people why they should notice this. I have two for you. I have a underrated... a really complicated way of saying it's a simple question. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's all right. We here at Brickhouse like to say a lot of words. Uh, Paid by the second. I got two... Yeah. <laughs> I have two things. Uh, I have a book and I have an actor. Okay, cool. So Most a... underrated mustache style. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, not the handlebar. Very overrated, Bob. <laughs> Uh, so first one, I'll, I'll give you the book. It's C.S. Lewis, The Problem of Pain, a book I read fairly recently. Well, what, who's C.S. Lewis? What's his C.S. Lewis is Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. So I think, I, I don't know if a lot of people might not know he's known for that, but he's also worked his way to becoming one of the more influential Christians of the night of the 1900s. Oh, okay. He was a Christian thinker. Like he, he wrote books on Christianity and his thoughts on Christianity. He had, he wrote mere Christianity as one of the books he wrote. Uh huh. So problem of pain. I really enjoy because it's all his thoughts and he's very smart. Very. So it's not like just a random dude just sat down and collected his thoughts on a subject, but his, it's all his thoughts on the question of why is there pain in the world? Uh huh. That's how it, interesting it's not a long book but it an underrated one though. yeah underrated just because i think he is he's more known for aslan and chronicles and narnia and uh yeah sure all that stuff so underrated as far as this guy had a whole different set had a whole second set of books yeah which is uh no magical wardrobe in uh in, in this problem one. yeah yeah <laughs> allow me to step into the magical wardrobe of pain um <laughs> So that I think underrated book, underrated actor Paul Dano. Yeah, he from Little Miss Sunshine. He and has there worked. Will be blood. He has worked with everybody. Yeah. If you look at his IMDb, he's been movies with De Niro, Daniel Day Lewis. He was in Twelve Years a Slave. He was in Looper. He's been. So he's not underrated by the casting directors. Uh, no, but <laughs> if you if you look at what he what he's been in, he's. He's been good enough to be in movies with all the top actors. Yeah. And he is good. What, what do you too. like about him? I like that he's good. It, I mean, no, like he holds his own and he, you can tell he's a guy who knows what he is and knows where he is in his career. And he never tries. I mean, I, I've never asked him this obviously, but you know that if you he, haven't seen him at work, uh, actually I, I have met him oh, really? a few times. He's, actually super nice cool. he's really nice and he rem he actually remembered me the second time even though i hadn't seen him in a few years he's probably about our age yes yeah it doesn't seem like the type of guy it's like okay i'm getting in this movie with hugh jackman or with de niro this is my moment i'm gonna take these guys out 
It's like he's a role player. Yeah, but he's he know. But that's the best way. If you're good at being a role player enough in these movies, soon you get your own movies. Yeah. And he's only. Or you get some like championships with the Spurs. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and you get, you get that, that, you get that Co- Danny Green. Money. You get that Corey Joseph money. <laughs> yeah. So if he he's only thirty one, so if he plays that role long enough in his mid to late thirties, soon he'll just get thrown a bunch of money to do dumb movies like everyone does. Yes. Yeah. This comes sort of off of meeting him recently, but then it stirred conversations with Casey and I about. Oh, this dude has actually been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. I loved his character in Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Like reads Nietzsche and just yeah. wants he's taking a vow of silence and just wants to join the Air Force. Yeah. It it's a great and he then, doesn't even say a word for ninety percent of the movie. Until he realizes and it's a great <laughs> a great way to get him to start talking. It's devastating. Yeah. You really feel for his character at that moment and then he just yeah. becomes hilarious. <laughs> well, if, cool. That was a good uh, that was a good answer. Were those all right? I like it. On the next episode of Brick House. Next team. Uh, oh, shoot. Man, we're in the top six on the next team. And uh, this one, without a doubt, I would say they have two of the top five players in the league, which is, you know, the best combination yeah. of players. They've got a new coach. They've got a couple of weird, controversial owners. And they've got a superstar that's going to be under the microscope all season. He's going to have a lot of people courting him, as it were. Oh, man. We're going to be talking about a possible decision 2.0 next time on Brickhouse. We'll